Coming up, it's the Hawaii Show. Coming up next, from the Bob Varley Studio in Orlando, Florida, this is the Diz Unplugged. This is the Diz Unplugged, episode 732 for the week of August 19th, 2014. The Diz Unplugged is brought to you by Dreams Unlimited Travel, experts at helping you plan the perfect Hawaii vacation. Visit them on the web at www.dreamsunlimitedtravel.com. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the show, the show I have been anxious to do now for a while. So I'm glad we're finally getting able to do it. Um, I'm your host, Pete Warner, uh, joined at the table this week by my good friends, John Magi, Kevin Close, Dreams Unlimited's Tracy Heinrichs, <laughs> Ben from the podcast, <laughs> and back in the nook, our producer, Dustin West, along with associate producers, Craig Williams and Sean Thompson. Um, so, man. Oh, she gave us a weird look. Oh. She's always giving you weird That's looks. That's her normal face. <laughs> cool. This is why I work from home. <laughs> we don't let you out in front of people. Yeah. Um, okay, so let me just give everybody a little uh, rundown about how this show is going to go. We've got a lot to cover. Um, uh, I went back and forth uh, as to whether or not there should be multiple shows because there is so much we have to talk about. Um, so we are... Uh, basically, the whole idea behind this, it was kind of spawned from... Uh, my last two visits to Alani, which uh, I don't think I've been shy about saying is my favorite Disney resort. I think, quite frankly, it's the best Disney resort in the world. Um, and I can back that up with facts. Um, but beyond that, uh, you know, I would go out to Alani and, and see things around Oahu, and it was a lot of fun and beautiful, but I always felt like I was missing something. What do the other islands look like? Because no matter who mm. you talk to, every time you say to somebody, oh, I was just in Hawaii, oh, where did you go? Oh, I spent the time on Oahu. Oh, no, you should have gone to Maui. Oh, no, the big island is my favorite. Oh, no, you should have gone here, should have gone there. So I'm like, okay. Because like my brother, my brother's been out to Hawaii a few times. He loves Maui. Um, and he loves the big island. I talk to other people who say the same thing. So I'm like, okay, let me, I would really like to check it out. But the thought of packing up and flying from island to island, hotel to hotel, just does not appeal to me. Um, you know, we did, last year we did our Beyond the Park segment where we started out in Hawaii. We were in Hawaii for a week. We were in um, uh, uh, Alaska. Alaska for a week. And we were in California for a week. Um, and that was exhausting. Even when I had a week to spend in each place. But I wanted to do, you know, a two-week trip is about what I felt was right. Um, some pre-nights, some post-nights, and then a cruise in the middle. And I chose the cruise because the hotel kind of travels with you. And on this itinerary, you get to overnight in a couple of ports, which is really unusual um, for most of the cru- for any of the cruises I've been on anyway. So I, I thought this would be an interesting way to, to see the islands, kind of get the whole experience, get my Alani fix in, and see the rest of the islands at the same time. Um, but I wanted to see, before I you know, started talking about it and pushing it, I wanted to see what this Norwegian cruise on Pride of America was going to be like. So I had to do it myself first. It's what I do for you. <laughs> <laughs> My you know, 
the lovely people out there in the dark. Um, okay, Norma, move on. <laughs> this is what I do. Um, and uh, it was Dustin and I and Tracy and her husband, Chris, along with Ben from the podcast. And every time I do, that's right, every time I do Ben from the podcast. Face. I need to. Every time we do Ben from the podcast, we have to cut to Ben from the podcast. There you go. Very good. Um, so um, we're going to start off. I want to talk a little bit about Olani and some of the changes that have come to Olani. Um, as I said, in my opinion, perfect Disney resort. Um, but there were some things that needed to change at Alani, mainly because when they built the resort, they did not expect people to spend as much time there as they were. Uh, they thought people would spend some time at the resort, but mostly go traveling around the island. And it turns out that people got there and didn't want to leave. And if you ever go to Alani, you will understand why. If you've been to Alani, you already understand why. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is not a place you necessarily want to leave, but you should. You should. You should travel around. We're going to talk about that, too. But um, one of my big, my biggest complaint about Alani was that there was no quick service location, really, to get food. And everything required a reservation. We would go to have breakfast, and the restaurant would be empty. Do you have a reservation? No. Well, we have no room. <laughs> There's nobody in your damn restaurant. What do you mean you have no room? Um, a lot of times we found ourselves walking across the street to the ABC store, which is right across from Olani, to get sandwiches and snacks and things like that. Well, part of what Disney did in the most recent rehab was they added uh, a quick service location. And why is the... Ulu Cafe. Ulu Cafe, thank you. I was thinking Uma, as like an Uma Thurman. <laughs> um, the Ulu Cafe. And I wish it was that. This is basically, this is a... a I can't call it a typical Disney quick service uh, location because the food is amazing. That's how the food was so good that I'm saying, okay, why can you do this out here, but you can't do this back in Orlando? I don't understand it. Do you not talk to each other? Um, Or is there just not the desire to do it? Um, It's got grab-and-go sandwiches, pastries in the morning. It's got a little breakfast buffet. You can help yourself. Um, And... You know, this is also a refill station for your sodas and your coffees. For for comparison, um, we were just talking on the last episode about Captain Cooks. Now, it doesn't offer as many hot off the grill um, selections as Captain Cooks does, but the space itself reminds me a lot of Captain Cooks and the way it's laid out. Right. The grab and go, the uh, cook to order stuff, um, like you said, for breakfast, eggs, sausage, bacon, stuff like that for lunch. Uh, I actually didn't have lunch there, but they have selections there as well. But it's 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 a great quick service place to go to uh, if, if you're looking for that. Well, I was I was amazed by the quality of the food. Um, I had for lunch one day. I had. I, I still. I am still talking about this. Is how good it was. This um, curry chicken salad on a croissant. I. I was like out of my mind. It was so good. It was fresh. It was delicious. That croissant tasted like it had just been baked that morning. Um, and everything that we had there was really good. My only complaint is that there used to be the. Um, the, the soda refill station in the store that was right. in the main building, it's not there anymore. You now, to refill your refillable mug, you have to walk the six and a half miles over to Ulu. Or you can go to the um, 
the store that's by the pool right. under the volcano. Right. Still, right. You're, you're still, you have yeah, you're to still leave away. the main building. You have to leave the main building, yeah. which is kind of a pain if it's raining. And one of those is open 24 hours. I don't remember which one. So that's a good thing. But yeah. again, who at 2 o'clock in the morning wants to go it's down? It's the one by the pool because it's located outside of the store. Well, I think the one in Ulu is outside the store, too. Oh, that's too. correct. Yeah. Um, this is also where you get your coffee, which, again, in terms of uh, resort coffee, best there is. Best this coffee was phenomenal. Yeah. And it's a blend, and I understand that it's one of the next ones coming out uh, from Joffrey's. is going to be the Kona blend from Alani. Amazing. So I'm, I'm really, really excited about that. Uh, they've also added... Um, well, they call it a quiet pool, but it's actually an adult pool. Uh, 18 and over only. Mm-hmm. Beautiful pool. We spent most of our time there. Yeah. On the last trip. Very quiet, quiet over there. Quiet, not that many and people. We were the only people in it. Yeah. There were only, I mean, there were five of us, and it was it. Yeah, it was. Well, we actually rented a cabana. Mm-hmm. Why don't you talk a little bit about the cabana rental? Yeah, and the, the cabanas are, there's, I think there's eight of them now. There used to be more, and they had to shuffle them around as they did some some changing of the pool area but the one that we had was in the auto pool area and it was uh, it's $325 for the day which is pricey Very for a resort pricey. cabana a resort cabana sorry um, but what a way to spend the day <laughs> it so was nice. nice like we booked it we booked it in advance and I had booked it for a couple days just because I wasn't sure about weather and stuff I didn't want to get you know what do you get with it you get um, a fruit tray and later on in the day they brought a dessert tray well, they also put water in they the fridge. They put water in the refrigerator. Um, and then they'll bring service. So if you wanted to order food or, or alcohol and stuff, we had somebody who would service it. It was not a cabana boy. I was a little disappointed. <laughs> but we did have a girl who was a little chatty, but she did help us. And um, she, it also, the, 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 it has a TV in there. It has a safe. So that, we really like the safe. The fact that we could go and enjoy the pool or the beach and our yeah. stuff was locked up. So you could really go down to the pool for the day. And if you're looking, if you're if you're watching the show and you're looking at the photo that's up right now, you can see there's two uh, two chaise lounges uh, outside, but it also had two lounge chairs and a sofa inside. Uh, you could seat uh, six or seven people in this yeah. thing. Yeah, they officially take six people. And you know, I'm sorry, I'm I'm so excited to do this show. I completely forgot that we have a video to show with each one of these. We do. That we have queued up. So before we talk any more about this, we have a video to show you of the uh, changes at Olani. And if you're listening and not watching, you can find these on our YouTube channel. Um, and we'll have links to it in the show notes page as well, dizunplugged.com. But uh, here's, uh, here's a look at some of the changes that we saw at Olani.
That was an abrupt end. <laughs> not sure why that happened. That was not the full video? There was uh, more? There's, no, there was one more shot that was supposed to be on there. I'll have to double check that. Okay. I apologize That's for that. That's all right. That's all right. But I'm sitting, we're sitting here watching that video, and we're all saying, I want to go back. <laughs> um, but uh, we were talking about the cabanas and the safe. Ben, you had something you wanted to add. Oh, uh, well, all I really wanted to add was, like, how useful the safe was. I mean, you could bring your phone, you could bring your room key, you could bring everything. Laptop, if we could a laptop. Yeah, I think you, you did end up bringing yours. I did. And I don't know, it's just nice to have your phone with you at the beach, everything else. Or you can check your internet. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I guess. I will say this, the one thing we did was we just brought our room keys down. Yeah. And that was it. We decided everything else stays in the room. We're on vacation. We can have an afternoon off. And we even no, just kept I'm our room key in our pocket. So, just a I, sec. so I can have an afternoon off? No, no, I, I said, don't no. have Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I owners. owners of, sorry, sorry. Misunderstood. See, so I needed a safe. <laughs> exactly. Um, actually, I'm glad I did have my phone at the pool because that's where I discovered my oh, yes, air conditioning. Oh, sitting was, in the cabana as you were calling yeah. Delta. Yeah. <laughs> just to uh, mention as well, if you're... If you're a high-tech guy like myself, uh, behind the cabanas, there's also electrical outlets, and you can dig your way through there and plug some things. That's what we did. Yeah. I don't think you're supposed to use those, Dustin. <laughs> but we did anyway. Yeah, we, we said Dustin had the bushes. That makes you high-tech because you plugged stuff in? Oh, I brought a power strip. <laughs> then guess what? I'm high-tech, too. <laughs> um, yeah, so, and they also had a, uh, an iPod dock as well. That's and right, we listened to some of Ben's, you know, slow jams. So that was fun. <laughs> yeah. It was Ben singing. (laughs) Cribs. And then the second day, we had rented what's called the Alma Alma uh, verandas. They have upper verandas and lower verandas. They're on the other area where below where Alma Alma is, and they have the uh, Casabella set up. They're those the double loungers with the with the awning type thing over them. Um, they're usually forty five dollars. You can rent one of those down at the beach, and they'll seat two people. Um, but we rented the veranda, and it had two of those Casabellas, and it was in an area where it was just us. So it cost us ninety dollars for the day, and we knew all day long we had that area. It was a nice easy walk down to the beach from there because we kind of as much as we like the cabana. We wanted to spend more time at the ocean, but there isn't anything near the beach in the way of a cabana. There's a lot of cabanas near the family pool area, which would be great if that's what you wanted. We did not. <laughs> Luckily for us, Ben's 18 now, so we didn't have to hang out at the, at the family pool area for that. Um, there's also an, one of the Ama Ama verandas has three Casabellas in it, so it actually takes six people, and that would be $135 for the day. Do they do service um, there, too? Do they, they do. do. Yeah, there's there was no service, safe. But there's no safe. There's no drinks. There's nothing like that, but they do have service that'll come around and bring food and drink. The only thing we, we had a trouble over there was kind of reserving our spot. People just kind of, there was nothing to say that that it was except for a small little placard that said reserved so people kept coming in and trying to sit in yeah. the empty ones so we were left to police it so that's one thing i had suggested to one of the recreation people that you know a simple chain here because there is a walkway a simple chain saying reserved would make it so your guests aren't policing your policies yeah. um but there's also an executive alma alma veranda and what it is it's a couple of these casabellas but it's also a couple lounge chairs there's some tables there they have a safe uh, it's a little bit cheaper than the cabana it's 275 for the day that's still for that just go get the cabana and it's right. closer to the beach yeah it is closer to the beach so if you're if your focus is, is to be at the beach for the day then that would be an ideal yeah. and all of these prices that i'm mentioning uh, dvc members who are staying on points do get 10 percent off all the recreational rentals so um, 
What else? Uh, what else am I missing with the changes at Alani? There's a, a new uh, children's area called Keiki mm-hmm. Cove, um, and it's kind of a splash zone. Uh, you saw it in the video if you were watching. You know, it's got the little fountains like you would see it, like Epcot or something like that. Little fountains come out the ground, um, and uh, some lounge chairs there as well uh, that parents can stay and watch their children. Um, and that's right uh, next to the uh, Ulu Cafe. There's also a new um, pool bar that's added uh, near the adult pool. Um, so before, you would have to go to the Off the Hook Lounge. Right, which the, I love. Which is great anyway. That's on the uh, off the side of the main like family pool. And now this is a much smaller um, pool bar that it wraps around. You could sit probably... 10 or 12 people and also the the grab and go uh, Ulu is right Right there there. by Mm -hmm. the uh, by the adult adult. pool yes Um, the drink refill station is right there it's a great place to spend it is and that's where we hung out when we were there yeah Uh, it's you know just kind of makes Alani perfect um, it, for me, it felt like it dispersed the crowds better, too. Yeah, yeah, that's what I first found. time we were the only people there. That was what was so yeah. cool about it. There was no one else around. It was busy when we were there. Very. When we were there this past February, it was at capacity, and it was again this summer when we were there. And I just found with the new layout, it just didn't feel like we were all on top of each right. other. Yeah. Um, and I would say, those uh, shout out to those people who have to do the lounge chair duty all the people who are saving chairs and they've got to go around with their towels and keep track of who's saving chairs and kicking them out and taking their stuff. They're doing a great job. Those Alani staff, they deserve a shout out for that because they work hard at that and uh, really, really good. I just want to mention uh, with the changes, the new changes to Alani, you now have, we've mentioned the adult pool. We've mentioned the original like volcano family pool. There's a new pool as well, the infinity pool um, that is um, surrounded. uh, It's an infinity looking out to the lagoon. And then there's kind of a cove that looks like coral. uh, And then there's also a hot tub there. Um, So this is a, a third pool in the mix. So you have two family pools and one adult pool, which is why we found uh, the adult pool so sparsely populated. Right. Um, it's, it really wasn't that busy at all. It was. And again, I my recommendation to people, if you're going to do the trip that we did, is you need, you need two weeks, first of all, to see Hawaii. Okay? If you're going to go, go. Take the two weeks. Uh, two or three days, I recommend closer to three or four. But let's say three days pre, three or four days post, and a cruise in the middle. Um, we Dustin and I got out there uh, earlier than Tracy uh, did. And uh, we actually stayed up at uh, Turtle Beach. Turtle uh, Bay. Turtle Bay, I'm sorry. Turtle Bay Resort up on the North Shore, which for those of you who have seen the movie Forgetting Sarah Marshall um, are familiar with that. That's why I wanted to stay there. Um, and but we were in for a good week before the cruise, and I got to tell you, taking that time a to adjust to the jet lag from the East Coast, it's a six-hour time difference, uh, depending on whether or not we're on daylight savings time or not. <laughs> and uh, it was a six-hour time difference, so kind of having that time to like relax, get acclimated to the time change, and everything, and then get on the cru- get on the cruise relaxed. Yeah. That was incredible. But that also gave us an opportunity to really go and explore Oahu. Um, and for as beautiful as Olani is, um, I don't know how anybody could go out there and not see 
some of what is on this island. And we found some great stuff. Uh, we've got a little video we're going to play of uh, some of the things around Oahu that we really enjoy. And then we're going to talk about that. So go ahead and play that.
happen with that sunset too. Unreal, unreal. I just I want to. We're go all back. sitting here going. Let's, go, on, back. let's go back. Let's go. Um, so, I could spend two hours just on Oahu uh, in terms of talking about what there is to see, but um, you know, I I kind of narrowed down my list to a few highlights, some of which are in that um, in that uh, video. Um, one thing that is not in the video that is a must do on Oahu is Pearl Harbor. Um, we did that um, the morning of the cruise because Ben had the first thing when we said we're going to Hawaii the first thing he said was can we go to Pearl Harbor so the morning of the cruise before we came to meet you guys to board we went to Pearl Harbor well Ben talk about your impressions of Pearl Harbor powerful um, definitely especially when you get on the uh, memorial on top of the ship there the Arizona oh I couldn't believe it it's it. first of all the ship you see it's right below the water, like close enough to it's almost coming out, and it's just a sunken ship. And you, and the, <laughs> the you know the bodies of a few thousand men um, are entombed uh, there. That is a gravesite, a memorial and a gravesite. Uh, and before you can go over and do the Arizona memorial, there's a 23-minute documentary that you sit through. And the reason that I think that they make you sit through that. Which I say sit through. It's a brilliantly mm. done documentary, very powerful. But they don't want people going out there acting like it's a tourist attraction. They want people to be really in touch with what happened in this yeah. place, and that this is a place for respect. Now, when I was there <clears throat> a few years ago, there was a Japanese man spitting into the the harbor from the memorial. And to tell you that I wanted to take him and throw him in um, is the it was the the, the the least of my of my first instincts. Um, but uh, most people are very respectful. Um, they tell you no cell phones. Uh, they tell you don't be you know taking calls. Although I saw people there doing it, but it's a very powerful place. I don't care whether you remember the Second World War. Or in my case, you know, my father fought in the Second World War. Um, whoever you are, uh, there is something really powerful. Oh yeah, I mean, the movie—I didn't even—I re- didn't even know it was twenty-three minutes. It just felt like you—you you were inside of the documentary watching it. You got involved, and as soon as you went to the memorial, it made it so much more real. And I was just surprised seeing how many. Uh, people were actually um, respectful of like these rules because with that many people on on this, you'd expect a lot more like yeah. roughhousing, uh, just you people know, being inappropriate. Yeah, yeah, exactly. We just had dinner with some of our listeners, um, and they had children, and one of the things that was that stuck out to them was that the survivors of that attack have chosen. Yeah, that at the end of their lives yeah. to be interred there, right? And they found that absolutely fascinating. They were looking at the dates the people <laughs> died, and they realized that somewhere in the last year, right? So yeah. it's um, it's not something that's just for adults. It's not something that's just for people who remember. It's there's something there to move everybody. So you can imagine if a ten year old <clears throat> kid. Is that moved by it? That's what touched me the most. And there was the area where you could see where they actually do the service when they are um, marrying somebody there. It's just, that was really touching. It's just... Something you should know is that they do offer pre-tickets. You can order your tickets in advance. We tried. 
We tried to do it. it. You have to do it several. I was going to talk about that. You have to do it several months in advance if you want to do it online. Otherwise, you need to be there at 7 a.m. Yeah. Um, The uh, memorial opens, uh, the Pearl Harbor uh, installation opens at 7 a.m. They have about 2,000 tickets every day that are available, and they go within a matter of an hour. Um, Now, that being said, there are tours that you can do that are independently owned tours that the I guess what they do is they just go and they get in line for you and get these tickets because tickets are free but these tours generally about $129 a person and it will include a lot of different things around Pearl Pearl Harbor and also like a historic Honolulu city tour and things like that things that you know you can do if you want but um, these yeah by far by in a way uh Pearl Harbor is the number one. Uh, I don't want. I will not call it an attraction, um, but it was number one tourist destination on the island of Oahu. I want to jump back to the tickets for just a minute. You said go at seven o'clock. Going at seven o'clock doesn't necessarily mean you are going to tour at seven a.m. No, the tickets are limited. I believe it's thirty or forty people per group and I think they run just about every half hour. So what happens is if you go at seven o'clock, your tickets might not be good until noontime. It all depends. They hand them out in the order in which you get there, so you get your tickets depending on when you're there. Right. Did that make sense? Yep. Did I say it the right way? You did. Um, the Pearl Harbor, the memorial, is there's no charge for that. The Arizona. There are charges for other parts of the Pearl Harbor exhibit. If you want to tour other ships, if you want to see other things, there are things you have to pay for. One piece of advice, you cannot bring bags of any kind. There is a locker. You can go and have stuff put in a locker. A locker where you, pay some, where you pay them to watch your stuff. There are signs all over that they say they know people are going to be in the exhibit area for a while. Don't leave anything valuable in your car. Okay, so Pearl Harbor, uh, definitely number one on the list of things to see. Uh, number two, you have to rent a car on Oahu. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. um, you have to rent a car. Even if you're staying at Awani, rent a car. The cost of that car rental, even with parking, even if you have to pay $35 a night to park at Alani, I found for our family, we save money on our food budget Absolutely. by having a rental car. Oh, yeah. You Absolutely. need to pay to get from the airport to Alani anyway. Right. And so by the time you get that car and pay to park it, the fact that we could go off-site and eat while we were at Alani, we could go have dinner other places. There's a Costco nearby. We checked it out on our last day. They have prepared meals there. You could feed... Your family. Well, that's good if you're a DVC and you've got the yeah, kitchen. Yeah, but even if yeah, but, exactly. But even if you only had the room, if you were picking up a prepared meal or you were coming back and having case of soda and stuff, right. bottled water, water and, stuff, and right. things like that. Right. But um, beyond that, beyond yeah. that, the reason to have a car is that you need to be able to explore the island, Absolutely. and this is the best way to do it. My best experiences on Oahu have come from hopping in a car, having no earthly idea where we were going, and just driving and discovering what we yeah. discovered. Um, a lot of people uh, like Wai- you know, Waikiki is what a lot of people think of when they think of uh, uh, Oahu, Honolulu. Um, and uh, I understand that. It's what we see in TVs, TV. It's what we see in movies. Uh, and I think you should definitely spend an afternoon walking around Waikiki, but that's about it. Uh, Waikiki is a concrete jungle. Um, same stores and things that you'll find pretty much in any high-end mall in the United States. There are a couple of exceptions. Um, one of them 
is the Honolulu Cookie Company, which <laughs> the next time oh. the next time you want to send a unique gift to someone, instead of sending flowers or chocolate, Honolulu Co- Cookie Company. They're shortbread cookies, all different types and flavors. Absolutely amazing. I've got a tin of them sitting right there. Um, they're delicious. And they've got retail locations all around the island. Yeah. Um, I found them uh, in Waikiki. Uh, Waikiki Beach is not what you see on television. Right. This is a thin strip of beach that's rather long, and it's crowded. And Waikiki is crowded. It's a good place to go have an experience, to say you've been there. But outside of that, I wouldn't stay there. I think the reason a lot of people do stay there is because you can get hotel rooms a little cheaper uh, in Waikiki than you can in some of the other places. But beyond that, Waikiki is a nice afternoon. Um, also, watch the restaurants in Waikiki. Do your homework because uh, some of them are very good, but a lot of them are just crap. They're tur- it's a big tourist area. They don't need to worry about repeat business. So they just kind of serve up whatever they feel like serving up. There was one place... Uh, it was in the Marriott, the Waikiki Marriott, called Arancino's, an Italian restaurant. It's rated the number one Italian restaurant in Honolulu. They made my mushroom risotto in a massive block of Parmesan cheese. They melted the cheese with a torch oh. and then tossed the... Oh, my oh. God. Okay. <laughs> Amazing meal. Amazing meal. Um, but as you drive around the island... Um, one place, my favorite place on Oahu, I'm sorry, favorite place on Oahu, the North Shore. Absolutely. Um, if you want to see, really see Oahu away from the tourist area, um, the real Oahu that's not overdeveloped because they won't allow it, the, lo- the residents won't allow it. There is one resort, one resort on the North Shore of Oahu, and it's uh, uh, Turtle Bay. Um, and Turtle Bay is trying to expand and they're not having it. I mean, the local residents are saying, no, you've gotten all you're going to get. They won't let them build anymore. There's signs resorts. up everywhere. <laughs> driving keep the, around. the signs you see all around are keep the country country, uh, which is basically saying we don't want any more development here. And they are organized, they are funded, and they are effective because they are stopping it from happening. Um, and when you go up there, you kind of understand why, um, especially if you're into surfing. Um, the North Shore of Hawaii is the premier place in the world. Uh, it, the number one beach for surfing is in the North Shore. Uh, and if you go in the winter, that's when those massive waves, there are times they have to stop people from surfing because the waves are 30 feet high. Oh, my God. Um, can you, if you can imagine a wall of water coming at you and trying to surf it, um, which I do all the time. As you can tell from looking That's at That's where the killer walls come from. Yes, the, the killer, killer walls. walls, yes. Can I um, say one thing about getting a car on the island? Mm-hmm. Um, people get intimidated about renting a car in different places and, you know, am I going to find my way around? First of all, it's an island. Let's just, you know, you can't really get lost. <laughs> you get to water, you turn around, <laughs> exactly. go the other way. Your feet are wet, turn around. The other thing is, this is me being dumb. I was surprised at how Americanized it was. Well, it's America. Well, yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> I got there and I thought, oh, you know, the signs are going to be written on cardboard, <laughs> you know, and there's going to be chickens in the road. No, there uh, there were a lot of chickens. But it's we'll the United the States. It's all 
there's super highways. It's very well um, signed. So mm-hmm. just to give that to people who might be intimidated about driving someplace. Yeah, I mean, sure. and traffic is bad in Honolulu areas, in the Waikiki area especially. Traffic's bad. Very bad. But when you get around the North Shore and stuff, it's I a very easy drive. I think it's going to be exotic. No, it's It's, it's like not. driving in Virginia. It's yep. just, it's, it's, it, there's an interstate in Hawaii. The biggest difference is people actually stop and let you in. They'll wave you in as you're trying to turn and yeah, stuff. They're, yeah, they're very polite, very yeah. polite drivers. Um, and it is very easy. It's, you know, some, they're American roads, American signs, American laws. It's America. There are potholes just like it's every just place else. five hours off the coast is all. That's the only difference. Um, very easy to drive around. But uh, the North Shore, absolutely one of my, my favorite places. Um, one of the places we discovered this trip was a place called Ted's Bakery. And you saw some of that in the video we just show, uh, had just shown. Um, it is this little nothing shack on the side of the road that, generally speaking, I would just drive by. I can't tell you how many times I've probably driven past it on my visits. Um, and that's at the nor- on the North Shore. This is on the North Shore. This is about five minutes away from uh, Turtle Bay. Uh, and they are famous for their chocolate. I, do you know how to pronounce that? Hope No. Hopa, hopia pie. Yeah, it's basically it's delicious. Chocolate, chocolate it's a delicious coconut, pie. Coconut, isn't it? Chocolate coconut but pie. But this place is loaded with locals. Loaded with locals. This is uh, locals in the area. They're there, and you see them. You see kids, like you know, that were just coming off the beach. Uh, it's right across from Sunset Beach. Um, the Terry beef sandwich, the teriyaki beef sandwich. I want. I would fly back just to go have lunch there. <laughs> Um, the pastries, the, 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 the food, delicious, delicious, delicious. And this was a real find. And everybody's like, oh, yeah, Ted's, Ted's. You got to go check out Ted's. Mm-hmm. Check out Ted's. Um, also, one of the things that the North Shore is famous for are the shrimp trucks. Uh, along the side of the road, you'll find these little stands that sell shrimp. And they are, th- these are all um, in the back of these buildings are shrimp farms. Uh, where they're breeding the shrimp specifically to feed them to you. And people love this. I don't eat shrimp, and we didn't stop at one of these. We did. I didn't enjoy it. No? No. I stopped at one, too, when we were in February. It wasn't a great experience. But they're very popular. They are absolutely. They're crazy popular. And And I honestly think it's more about me than that. No, I think, it, but that's part of the problem for us is that it was so crowded and so crazy, and you sort of fight and for a table. It was very hot that day, and the smell yeah. of garlic was overwhelming. And I found out that the only way to wash my hands was there was a hose laying on the ground, <laughs> and it just it, it wasn't my thing. But I waited in line thirty five minutes to get something that I didn't. So it's like. other people's thing. Right. However, yeah. one of them is very famous for being featured in the show Lost in the first season. The character Sawyer has a very important scene. And is that the one that has the graffiti all over the? I'm it. not sure. That, that seemed to be the most popular one. That was the one everybody, I forget the name of well, it. Well, if you're a fan of Lost, that's where they filmed. They filmed on Oahu. There's a lot of locations that you'll recognize, and we're going to talk about that uh, in a little bit. Um, oh, is he a fan of Lost? You know, he wants to tell you about something he saw. Oh, short. Well, um, so like... Just uh, pipe in. Just interrupt. Uh, <laughs> all right, so for most of our Hawaii trip, I was like looking for turtles, because you think of Hawaii, you think of sea turtles. And there is a beautiful little... I think of food, but... Okay. <laughs> well, okay. Same thing. Second thing, sea turtles. <laughs> um, there's a beautiful little beach on the North Shore. Uh, a lot of the time, it's actually... Uh, the turtles come in to kind of rest there. And I forget what the organization's called. 
But what they do is they rope off around the turtles where you can't go inside, but you can still get up really close to these turtles. You got some great pictures. Mm, the turtles were absolutely beautiful, and I don't know, it was just fantastic. It was just outside of Halieva. We found it by accident when we were there for FAM that year. We were just driving the North Shore, and we saw all these cars parked. Oh, what are they looking at? And we found these sea turtles. So the whole trip he was talking about sea turtles. Apparently it's a spirit animal. Who knew? <laughs> there you go. So he says. <laughs> and so he found these sea turtles, and we knew exactly where to take him to see the sea turtles. And, yeah, I've heard about it. I didn't, we didn't get over there for it. Uh, somebody was telling yes. us about it, but it's right near Haleiwa. It is. Which is yes. next on my list of places you have to stop when you're traveling around the island. Uh, the North Shore town of Haleiwa, um, and uh, in particular, Matsumoto Shave Ice. <sighs> um, which, you know, I thought... You know, maybe it's a little overrated. Let me try Shave Ice and a few other places. No, Matsumoto's is the best. Um, I don't know what it is. And as opposed to like a snow cone, which is like crushed ice, mm-hmm. this is literally a massive block of ice that is shaved. And they add flavor to it. They'll put... Uh, Sean has had his last year with uh, uh, condensed milk uh, on it. They'll put all sorts of stuff on it. Is that good? Because yeah, it, it looks weird. It no, looks really good. I got the tropical fruit one. It was like papaya and stuff. And then the, I just added like a creamier, less sweet flavor to it. It was good. And uh, Matsumoto's also um, really unique T-shirts, uh, stuff you're not going to find anywhere else on the island. So as a place to go and grab some really cool souvenirs for somebody uh, or for yourself that you're just not going to find everywhere because there's a lot. Of, you see a lot of that in Hawaii, the same souvenirs, the same stuff. Um and these are really, really cool shirts. Really nicely designed. And uh, spend the twenty-five cents to get the little plastic cup that they put under yeah. your shaved yeah. ice. <laughs> yes, yeah. I agree. I agree because it goes all over the place. I'm actually not a huge fan of shaved ice, which um, I don't know. I just never liked the flavor of it. I couldn't get past how a lot of the time it was just half water. But I got to say, Matsumoto's unbelievably good. Wasn't it good? Oh, so good. And right up the street from Matsumoto's is where I had the best cheeseburger I've ever had in my life at a restaurant called Pizza Bob's. And uh, there was nothing remarkable about this place other than that. I mean, the food was good. This cheeseburger, I don't know what it was. We had to go back a second time. Yeah. To get another, I had to have another one because I had to know if I was just a fluke <laughs> or if this really was the best cheeseburger. Pizza secret? Bob's pizza is very good as well. I will the say. The secret? Turtle. It's probably, yeah, it's, it's, tur- it's, it's a turtle burger. Endangered species. Milk. Right. Um, the uh, other location, I think, um, it would be interesting to a lot of people. We checked out last year. Uh, you guys checked it out this year, mm-hmm. the Kualoa Ranch. Mm-hmm. Um, now, there's a lot of things you can do with the Kualoa Ranch, but I'm specifically talking about the movie tour. Yeah. yeah. Um, there is a massive, these, this family owns this massive amount of land, and they allow... The ranch allows productions to film there. Uh, one of the pictures we're showing now, for those who are watching, if you've ever seen Lost, you have seen this shot. Because we're, I'm, uh, we're just re- re-watching Lost now. And they use it like again. a million times. And I've seen this shot like five times already, and I'm only on like the middle of the first season. I think most iconically in Lost, they use it as Hurley's Golf Course. Hurley's Golf Course, yep. Um, but... Uh, Kualoa Ranch also is a place where uh, Jurassic Park did filming. Uh, one of our uh, caption this photos from a few <laughs> months ago was uh, Dustin in uh, 
one scene that was popular in Jurassic Park. In this Park. photo, if you were able to look through my point of view from this photo, you would see that same image you just saw a moment ago of the giant canyon. And this is where the Gallimimus dinosaurs uh, are fleeing from the Tyrannosaurus I love Rex. that he knows Gallimimus. Right. Um, <laughs> wow. And uh, what about you guys? You guys had a chance to do with this last trip. What did you think of... Uh, oh, amazing. Um, it was just cool to see all of these different... Uh, area like well, it's an enclosed space, but there's so many different movies that has been that have been made on this right. that it was breathtaking. Yeah, if you just turn the camera like 20 degrees, it's like a whole different shot right. and mm-hmm. so many different movies. Well, I think that's a, that's an interesting word when you say breathtaking because you look at some of those photos of those locations and it is just absolutely breathtaking. Yeah. I, mean, the, I mean, these are epic, epic mountains and greenery. And you've had films like uh, Pearl Harbor was filmed mm-hmm. there, Jurassic Park. 50 First Dates. 50 First Dates. Godzilla. 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 Mighty um, Joe Young. Mighty Joe Young. Uh, there's a ton of films mm-hmm. that have been made there, and you've seen these locations. Yeah. Um, in a lot films. of Hawaii Five-0, they film there, too. We're often watching it, and we recognize right. so many places. Well, when we were ranch. in Waikiki, they were filming on the streets of Waikiki. No, you can't say that, because every time I've gone, I drive around looking for them, and I the, can't find had, them. They had, they had, Dano. I know. <laughs> they had a street blocked off with all their trucks with their, uh, you know, and all that stuff. And they were they doing were, a stunt. They were uh, doing stunt filming uh, right on the beach. One day, one day, I will. I even stayed at the Hilton Waikiki Village because that's where they film a lot of their hotel shots. <laughs> they weren't there either. <laughs> um, another stop, which I won't call this a must do, um, but it's a nice to do as you're driving around the island. I think if you're going, I think everybody should do it once. Well, no, I'm, I haven't said what I'm talking about yet. Okay. What did th- you think I was talking about, Waikiki or Kualoa? You go ahead. I'm looking at something over your shoulder. <laughs> Pictures mean nothing. Uh, Dole Plantation. Yes, that's what I was going to say. Ding, ding, ding. Dole Plantation um, is a cute place to stop. Um, uh, and from what we understand, that the plantation part is going away. They're doing away with using this as, their, as one of their plantations. They're going to keep the tourist aspect of it um, but for Disney fans this is one of the places where you can grab a Dole Whip um, if you're willing to wait online for 45 minutes because that's was what the line was like when we were there it, it was, was that crazy. moment when you're in the grocery store and you get into one lane checkout lane and then the next one beside you starts moving and then you switch <laughs> and you had to make that choice of which yeah. one to get in um, a lot of again some unique souvenirs uh, stuff you're not going to find other places on the island uh and some actually some very nice stuff, uh, some good coffee, some different types of food that you can bring home with you. Uh, handmade uh, crafts, a lot local, of handmade stuff. stuff, really cool stuff, I think. And so, I mean, like I said, I wouldn't make this a destination in and of itself. But if you're driving up the North Shore and going through Haleiwa and coming around, you're going to pass it anyway. Uh, so it was a good place. It was a good place to stop. I'm very surprised to hear it's not going to be a plantation anymore. There's so much land, and you, you see the plantings out there. That, this is what we heard, that wow. uh, they're amazing. doing away with the plantation aspect of it. I'm sure and they're still farming up there, I would imagine. Well, if they're getting away, going away, doing away with the plantation, then uh, I doubt yeah. it. But it's not that important. It's um, but... Uh, these are just a few of the things I wish, like I said, I could spend two hours talking about what there is to do on Oahu. Um, my favorite thing to do, though, is I say, get in the car right. and go. And then one of the places we were just kind of driving by, uh, the Crouching Lion is what it was called. Uh, it's a restaurant. And 
we were like, okay, you know, we're hungry. This looks interesting. And it's one of those things where you pull in and you go, okay, this could be either really, really good or really, really bad. And it turned out to be really, really good. And it's a family-owned restaurant, and the family was in there having dinner, you know, the grandparents, the parents, the kids. Um, one of them, uh, I guess the mom, was doing the ice bucket challenge out back. <laughs> we heard screams. And we heard screams and colorful language. Um, food was amazing and a great view. You know, it's right on the ocean, so you have this great view. And right next door is a, uh, a location called Fine Ass Chocolate and Candy. And just because of the name, I had to go in. And it actually has great coffee and great candy. And uh, this is Fine Ass Salty Balls. The salty balls are great. I like the dark salty balls. <laughs> these are you would. Uh, these are milk chocolate salty balls. Milky. Um, and cute place. But again, just, you know, I, I wasn't looking this up on TripAdvisor. This was just, you know, we kind of happened by it. And we saw the restaurant, and then they were telling us, oh, you should go check out the coffee shop next door. And um, We did, and we got T-shirts and coffee and chocolate and um, love the name. Yeah. Love the name. Just got to watch the emphasis when you're saying it. That's <laughs> it. I'll let you figure that out. Um, but that is like my favorite thing to do now on, on Oahu is just get in that car and drive. Plus, you know, if you're interested in beach, if you're interested in doing beach stays or going to hang out on the beach, I don't know why anybody would go to Waikiki. First of all, the beaches are all free. It's all free. It's free to park unless there's no like, like regular beach parking and somebody else has opened a lot across the street and they're going to charge you five bucks. But generally speaking, the parking is free. Beaches are gorgeous. And other beaches around the island are not nearly as crowded. As My favorite is Kailua. John and I drive to Kailua. Um, I had rented when we first were going that Waikiki was very crowded and very touristy. <clears throat> but if you wanted the exact opposite side of the exact opposite of that, go to Kailua, where it's very laid back and the beaches are made of white sugar. It's beautiful. So we go there every trip. Something interesting about the island of Oahu is it has every uh, climate zone on Earth yep. except for the Arctic zone. There's no winter. Everything else, there's desert, there's uh, tropical rainforest, there's temperate zones. So it's you can pretty much find everything. The drive from the Waikiki, Oahu, or um, Alani side, side to the other side of the island is actually John's favorite drive. You drive through these majestic mountains on these soaring bridges that are up in the air, and I don't think you can drive any place in Hawaii, in Hawaii without finding a rainbow. Dustin almost had an emotional breakdown. Yeah, going through, going over that bridge into the tunnel where you have those amazing that. mountains around it's incredible. you. Incredible. Well, it's because you're driving, but you also want to like look right. up and look around, and you and yeah, no, it's just something that you would only see in a movie. You wouldn't yeah. see that in real life it and doesn't we, exist we found a tiny little noodle shop that we go to every time we're in hawaii and again it's what you do we just drove around and you yeah. saw this place right. one of the things about just real quick about oahu is that there's such ethnic diversity there that's why i think the food is so good is that you have yeah, so many people from so many too. different cultures that have taken uh the time to really settle there and make it their own all right we're gonna uh we're gonna move on from our discussion uh of Oahu and uh, talk just a little bit about uh, time of year, uh, the best times to go to Hawaii before we start talking about about the cruise. Um, in terms of, 
in terms of weather, it's pretty much always beautiful in Hawaii. Um, you're always going to have rain uh, here and there. Um, that's just a fact of life. Um, and normally, the summer months aren't too bad uh, because uh, they're islands and they get nice breezes. But, uh, of course, when we were there, there was like this bizarre tropical thing going on. And it was as humid in Hawaii as it was in Orlando. But I was in Hawaii, so it was okay. Um, the uh, temperatures pretty much stay in the same range throughout the year. They range in the 80s uh, as the high, 70s as the low. Uh, obviously, there are some variations winter between winter and summer and fall, but generally speaking, you're you're in that you're in that range. Uh, November through March is what is considered the rainy season. But, um, you know, I've been there in November. I've been there in May. I've been there in July. We were and, there in February. And you've been in February. Was it yeah. rainy? Was it very rainy when you were there? Uh, it wasn't. It really wasn't. Um, there, was one, there was one day where it rained quite a bit all day um, out of our trip. But for the most part, it wasn't. We dealt with uh, uh, more rain than I was expecting in July. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. But I think that was also part of this bizarre. This was a few weeks before... They had the hurricanes coming in. There was a storm coming in right after we left. Uh, and then a couple weeks later, uh, they had two hurricanes hit back to back. So it was an unusual season this summer, I think. Um, but, uh, you know, being there in November, it was gorgeous. Being there in May, it was gorgeous weather-wise. February was great. Um, the waves were massive up in the North Shore. Oh, really yeah. high surf season. Also, um, in February, we saw a lot of whales. Um Mm. We saw a lot of whales in February before they started to make their way down to go towards Alaska. Um, we Chris had done, uh, he went down in a shark tank and was... That's was insane. Doing, I know, but hey, I was up above. Insurance guy on hold. <laughs> 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 but it was, actually, it was actually quite tame, but he went down in a shark tank and uh, just at the surface. So that was kind of cool, but we saw whales right off of there. So each time I've been now, November, February, and the summer, there's something... There's something unique about that time. So it's hard to pick what was the best time to go. I don't know, because there was something cool each time. Now, in, in doing some research about pricing, um, you know, obviously, uh, hotels on uh, Oahu are, they're, they're like hotels anywhere else. They're going to yield their prices based on their occupancy. From what I've seen, this in, includes the cruise, um, August through October and November seems to be when you're going to find the best deals. Obviously, September kids go back to school. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, December is, I mean, December, like the, the winter months are very expensive. Well, that's um, not because Hawaii has winter weather. It's because the northern rest, part of the country, right, exactly. the United States, exactly. has winter weather. Exactly. Um, so that's also, you know, that's high season. Yeah. Um, so, but I, I noticed that it seems like August through November. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can... I, I strongly recommend, you know, airfare is your going to be your second largest expense on this trip. Um, but I was seeing Delta running uh, in November. Delta's running like $800 uh, round-trip coach um, on direct flights out of Newark, for example. Um, a lot of cities now are offering, a lot of airlines are offering direct flights to Honolulu, um, especially from the East Coast. Now, it's a nine-and-a-half-hour trip. Um, 
So keep that in mind. But I would much rather do nine and a half hours in one shot than have to do the connection. We ended up finding um, actually good deals to upgrade to first class even. Oh, yeah. So we had originally spent about $1,000 a ticket. And that was from Toronto connecting through Chicago with United. And um, shortly after, about maybe four or five weeks after, I noticed they went down to $700. So I called and they wouldn't give me a refund, of course, or credit. So I kind of convinced them they were offering a, a discounted upgrade to first class. So I got them to agree to do that one way. And then I watched, and on the way back, I was able to, for $150 each, I was able to upgrade us on the return flight to first class. Just the fact that my luggage is included right. makes it worth $150. Right. So we ended up flying first class both directions for about $1,100 a ticket. Every time I've flown out to Hawaii, I've done first class on Delta, and I've never paid more than about $2,000 for my ticket. Now, that may sound expensive, but when you consider that... Coach was thirteen hundred. That sound was Chris dropping <laughs> somewhere in <laughs> um, Canada right now. <laughs> well, but you know, just again, you're talking in terms of a. I realize not everybody's going to spend that money, but um, in terms of a nine ten hour flight, being able to lay down. Um, I've done it in coach twice. And let me tell you, first class is better. They use Sundays. We got Sundays. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> you mean I get to lay down and I get a Sunday? And that's like a fat girl's dream. I've, <laughs> I've mentioned it. <laughs> Amen, sister. Um, I've mentioned it a few times. Uh, probably the best resource you can use on the web to research flights um, and keep an eye on flights is kayak.com. Uh, K-A-Y-A-K.com. What I love about kayak is that it does the uh, the it gives you the advice as to whether to wait or buy uh, based on what they're seeing as the trend, and it'll give you a confidence like okay, seventy nine percent confident you should buy this now because we're expecting the price to go up. Uh, you can sign up for email alerts that will tell you um, when these different routes change, so you can keep an eye on them. Um, I know there's a lot of advice out there about you know book on Tuesdays and do it after five o'clock and, and all this use other. your left hand. And right. And, you know, generally speaking, most experts agree. None of that is true. Um, that it's just about being vigilant. Um, and kayak just makes that a little bit easier to follow that and kind of see. And it also compares most of the airlines that are out there. Uh, it doesn't do, it doesn't have Southwest, doesn't have JetBlue, but it, and some of the smaller regional airlines, like Hawaiian Airlines, Alaska Airlines, things like that, I don't think Kayak looks at them. They look at the big carriers, your Delta, United, uh, you know, those guys. So a uh, great resource uh, for checking your airfare and trying to get the best deal. But like with anything else, it's a balancing act. Uh, if you're flying from the East Coast, my opinion, if you're flying from the East Coast and you, you don't want to pay for first-class tickets, I suggest you break it up. You spend a night on the West Coast right. and then fly. If you've got a first-class ticket, it's a little bit easier. But that flight from Atlanta to Hawaii in a coach seat, that's a tough flight. That's a tough flight. There's okay. also an in-between. There's that Economy Plus, which is what we had originally upgraded to. Ben's a little tall, and I knew I was a little worried, you know, that long on a flight. I was worried, you know, be him being that cooped up. We have some concerns around that. So we had gotten the Economy Plus, and uh, that's just a little bit more leg room, a little bit more space, and it's not nearly the cost of a first-class upgrade. So there is, most airlines are offering something in between the two as right, well. Right, exactly, exactly. So, all right, well, let's talk about the cruise. Uh, a couple of years ago, my first visit to Hawaii, uh, we were with uh, 
Dreams Unlimited, uh, Dreams Unlimited agents doing uh, a fam trip, a familiarization trip of Alani. And uh, we decided to check out uh, Norwegian's Pride of America. Um, some things about Pride of America. It is the only large cruise ship that is flagged in the U.S. Um, this is, you, you'll notice that most uh, cruise lines are flagged under the Bahamas, Panama, uh, you know, other countries. Uh, the reason they do that is because they get to avoid uh, U.S. labor laws um, and some of the other laws and regulations. Taxes. That, taxes are a, taxes are a big part of it, too. Um, and that's the main reason. In order to sail the Hawaiian Islands the way this cruise does, it must be flagged for the U.S. If it's not, if you're sailing in the U.S. and you're not flagged as an American ship, you must stop at a foreign port. So, for example, next year when Disney does... Uh, they're uh, two Hawaiian sailings. They're both leaving out of Vancouver. If they were leaving out of Los Angeles, as they did previously, they would have to stop. They stopped in Mexico. They must stop in a foreign port if they're not flagged in the U.S. and they want to sail the Hawaiian Islands. So Norwegian gets around that by flagging it as a U.S. ship. And with that, there are some differences that people need to be aware of. Now, I was a little nervous about doing this cruise because... If you look at it online, you see two basic things. People love it or people hate it. And there wasn't a lot of no, in between. No, there's not a lot in between. So I was a little concerned. A little concerned about, you know, okay. But I did my research, and I, I really tried to make sure I went in with my expectations managed. Um, and so some of the things that are different about the sailing. Uh, number one, uh, no duty-free anything. You're in the United States the entire time. So you are never free from paying, you know, getting, getting duty-free. That being said, the shops on the ship are open all the time. They don't have to close. The difference, though, is that if you're in port, they are charging uh, sales tax, which in Hawaii is only about 4%, 4 to 5%, depending on where you are. Uh, if you are not in port, there is no sales tax charged. Um, but uh, the ships, uh, the shops stay open uh, most of the most of the time. Um, there is no casino on board this ship because gambling is illegal in Hawaii, and uh, that includes bingo. While they do have bingo on the ship, there is not a cash prize for bingo. They just give prizes. It's free to play. They give prizes. Yep, it's free to play. Yeah. So. How fascist. <laughs> um, one of the things I love to do, one of the things I love to do on, you know, when I go on a cruise is in the spa, I love to get, you know, a shave and massage. They're not allowed to do that because you must have, in Hawaii, you have to have a barber's license in order to do the shave. So they're not allowed to offer it. Uh, you go on Royal Caribbean cruises. You can get Botox injections. Uh, I mean, seriously, and dental work. They have, they have, they have scary guys with questionable medical degrees walking around in white shirts, handing people Botox injections. Never see me do it. Um, but they're not obviously not allowed to do that. That's medically licensed in the United States, and you have to adhere to certain rules. Um, one of the laws in Hawaii: they can't serve you. A, you, you cannot order another drink if you're not finished with the one that's sitting in front of you. 
um, that law, that rule applies on the ship as well. They're not allowed, whatever the laws are in Hawaii, they have to follow them on the ship. So it does make it mm-hmm. a little different. The smoking policy was a little more restrictive, too, than typically on a cruise ship, wasn't it? Yeah, it, it was. Um, although getting much more restrictive. Yes. Right now, you are still allowed, up until November, you are allowed to smoke on your your balcony. But as of November, there is only one location on board the ship where you're allowed to smoke. It's on deck 13, at the very back of the ship. Uh, what was the name of that bar? I can't remember the name of the bar, but it's like the adult pool area. It's the adult pool area. It's the only place in the ship you're allowed to smoke as of November, um, which for me as a smoker, um, you know, would make it difficult for me to go back. But um, So if you are going to book that cruise and you're a smoker, we want to make sure we're choosing you a cabin in that area of the ship. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. Get a cabin. Yeah. Um, this is a. Uh, this is not necessarily an inexpensive cruise. Um, it's not as ridiculous as I've seen some other places, but um, you know, for a family of four in an inside stateroom, you're looking about thirty eight hundred dollars yeah. uh, total. There's a couple of reasons for that. I think. I think one, you hit on it with being an American flagged ship. I think the, um, you know, the the rules for the crew and stuff are different, the hours that they can work. I am sure they have a larger wage expense than they do in Well, they have to, other, pay, they exactly. have to pay minimum wage. Yep. Um, also, with not having any gambling, things like gambling, they're revenue producing for cruise companies. Oh, yeah. Um, so that offsets your fare because they're kind of basing the fact that you're going to spend this much on board anyway. So we're going to give you a cheaper fare to get you on board because we know what you spend on board is going to make up what we need to make in revenue. You don't have that on this ship. You also don't have a lot of, I don't, I'm sure the bar expenses are not as high because this is a port intensive cruise. Right. You're off the ship all day, every day. This is one of the Mm -hmm. things that people need to keep in mind. Um, The number one draw, the, the number one thing on this cruise are the ports. Right. Now that's not to say this is not a beautiful ship. I was really impressed with how beautiful this ship was. Um, really well maintained. Uh, obviously, Pride of America. Its theme is America, and it, it it can it goes right up to the line, maybe a little over the line of being a little cheesy. You know, the John Adams Coffee Bar. Um, you know, Jefferson's Bistro. Everything's kind of uh, everything's kind of uh, you know themed around America. Overly themed a little bit. I wouldn't say overly themed. It's just you know, it's a lot of America. You know, it's a salute to all nations, but mostly America. Mostly America. Um, And so it's. But at the same time, it was also once I kind of got past the cheesiness, it was really nice to see a cruise ship. It was for the the neon and the. Well, just not even that, just just something that kind of celebrates Americana. Um, I I kind of I kind of like that. I thought that was kind of cool. and it's, like I said, it's, it's a beautifully done ship. But since it is all about the ports, uh, there's not as much going on on deck and things like that. When that ship is in port, you could fire a cannon on deck and not hit anybody. I don't recommend doing that. But you get the point. Um, and also the staterooms. The staterooms are smaller than They what, are smaller than your typical, for sure. For example, um, uh, inside staterooms are 132 Square feet. Compare that to 168 square feet, uh, depending on the ship on Di- uh, on a Disney cruise. Ocean view staterooms 144 square feet. Balcony staterooms range between 178 and 233. 
Um, suites range from 356 all the way up to 1,400 square feet. And then Norwegian has their studios, which are available for solo travelers. These are 107 square feet. These are on deck 13. There's not a lot of them, but uh, they have a common area where you can like socialize and you know do what solo travelers do. Um, I don't know who's taking who back to the room though. These rooms are like closets. Um, Sounds like a hostel. It's kind of along those lines. Is that what I like? But you're not paying. You're not paying single supplement. Single supplement. So you're getting, you know, your room basically has a bed, a single bed, and a bathroom, and a bathroom. And I'm not even sure that the bathroom has a door. I've seen some pictures of some of the studios, and it seems kind of. Kind of a unique setup, but that's it. And the, then you've got your. Well, if you're there, area. who are you shutting the door from? Yeah, if well, you're that's just by it. Yourself, exactly. Yeah. Really, um, the rooms are very nice. They're clean. They're well appointed. They're not, you know, they're not shabby. They're not run down. The beds were incredibly comfortable. They're just not as big. Yeah. Um, and that was, you know, that's one of the things I think that we saw a lot of complaints on. I think people weren't prepared for that. People are expecting. You know, modern cruise ship, even though this is a relatively new ship, the ship was built in 2009. Um, they were expecting, you know, what you see on Royal, on Disney, and a few other ones, the larger staterooms. These are smaller because you're not in them as much. This, this, there's no sea days on this cruise. You're in port all the time. You start in Honolulu, you wake up your first morning uh, at 8 o'clock in Maui, and you don't leave until the next day at 6 p.m. You overnight in Maui. How this? I'm oh, sorry. You want to say uh, something? Sorry, I, I, I didn't know if you were going to go into the whole ports discussion, but we do have a, a video that would kind of give. Why you Why do I over. keep forgetting about the videos? I don't know. What is wrong with me? We have a video of the ship. Let's show that before we go any further. That's the wrong. That was the wrong video. I apologize. I don't feel so bad about screwing up. You screwed up worse. Well, no. Let's. Do you have the video ready? Where most ships are. Uh, everybody's mics are off. Oh. Go ahead. Uh, yeah. do you, okay. I'm um, sorry. While we're actually still on the ship, I wanted to talk about the uh, freestyle dining. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, opposed to the Disney ships where they have set times, uh, you can just, you can, you have multiple free options, then you have the uh, paid Signature. Option. Thank you. Signature options. But you don't have set times, which is perfect uh, if you're with a family. No, yeah, we're on. No, we're on. Okay. When you're with a family or if you just want to eat whenever. Well, Norwegian was the first cruise line to offer freestyle dining. Um, and all around the ship, there are monitors that show all the restaurants, the signature and the, and the, not, you know, the regular restaurants, and what the capacity is. And if it's, you know, if it's marked green, it's available, you can just go. You sit with whom you want, when you want. It's not typical dining. So it's just like going to a restaurant and I want a table. Um, it'll be yellow to say there's going to be a wait if you want to eat here, and then red saying don't even bother, we're full. Um, so you can always look and see what's available. 
Uh, that was one of my favorite things on a Norwegian ship. Yeah. I was going to say, I would cruise Norwegian again only because of the freestyle dining. I liked it that much. Yeah. It just, I, it fits to our, the way we like to cruise. We, I don't want an appointment for dinner. I don't want to have to dress for dinner. I want to eat when I'm hungry. I don't want to sit with strangers. I don't want to sit with people I don't know exactly. and make fake conversation. I just, I don't want any of it. And this just fit with that. Yeah, it's it's great. It's great. And, you know, I wish I could say the food was as good. Yeah. Uh, not necessarily that the food was bad. It just wasn't great. It was kind of mediocre. And that's what I was saying to these guys before. I think I probably like the food more so than others did because I tend to air on the side of a little bit more mediocre and bland. I don't like a lot of variety and spices. And you can so I know. We understand. So I enjoyed it. I thought it was okay. I mean, I can certainly see the differences. It I thought was an well, elk, so she was yeah. happy. <laughs> well, <laughs> I, <laughs> I thought when we ate in the specialty restaurants that they kind of brought it more to the level of what I would compare maybe Disney's main dining room to. Like, I agree. I didn't, like they weren't specialty to the point where some of the stuff that we've eaten on Royal Caribbean or in Palo, for example... But I was surprised because on my other my other Norwegian cruises, uh, I always found the food very good. Right. Um, and so I, I was a little kind surprised. Of, I think that's kind of the difference between this ship and some of... Because um, I, I think this ship is still different than what Norwegian offers typically. Do you think it's because they expect people to go ashore and eat? I think so. I think there's that. I found that there was less crew working. Like I found at the buffet, for example. We did. We ate at the buffet a couple times. There was less people around. And I also think sometimes they're, they're somewhat limited to what they can get. They have a lot... You know, bringing in fresh produce and things is very expensive to the islands. Right, it is. And I think there's some of those limitations as well. So I think it's a number of things that kind of... Well, I want to talk a little bit about the crew. Um, uh, One of the requirements when you are flagged U.S. is that you have to have between 75 and 80 percent of your crew needs to be U.S. citizens. So, again, something unique about this this sailing. Um, And... I really didn't encounter, with maybe one exception, I didn't encounter any rude no. uh, crew members. Uh, but with Americans comes our attitude. And that was there. Um, <laughs> it, it is different, and I, I want to be cautious in, in how I describe this. Um, whereas on other ships, you have, um, you have a lot of crew members from various countries and they are supporting their families right. doing this. Um, when you are supporting your family doing this, you have a different attitude. Mm-hmm. Um, these were a lot of kids that were either in between colleges or just out of college that were, hey, you know, it's kind of cool. I'll go sail, sail the islands for nine right. months. Right. Um, that being said, we came across some great crew members. Um, if you were in a suite, which both Tracy and I were, if you were in a suite, um, the suites came with a butler. And my butler was better than Tracy's butler. I think it was because <laughs> Pete's suite was much bigger than mine. <laughs> so I'm pretty sure the butler thought, well, you know, different size suite, different size tip at the end of the week. <laughs> I don't know. Can I ask real quick about tipping? Yes. Is it very typical of a, very, a regular cruise line tipping or is it you more? Know, here's the weird thing with Norwegian. If you prepay your cruise, you prepay your tips ahead of time there's no like nothing left in your room to like the, put in yeah, an envelope there's no envelopes or nothing it just gets done and I had to go search for it because I in research ahead of time I knew that um, the butler as well as the concierge was not included in the tip pool 
So I researched that ahead of time and tried to research how much to give them. And I had seen everything from $20 for a week to $20 a day. So it, it was all over the map. So I kind of went with the attitude where I had a number in mind. This was the number that I was going to give the butler, and this is the number I was going to give the concierge. Didn't really know what their differences and roles were, except it seemed to me that the concierge was above the butlers. So in my head is a little bit like the main dining room when you got the guy who yeah, comes to your, your table and then you got the guy that shows up at the end of the week with his hand over the envelope yeah. it's kind of that idea um, but I kind of went with that number and I thought if he's really great maybe I'll up it if he, I feel he's done a little bit extra for me this week and if he kind of ignored me then I'll lower it I gave him the number that I went with he was kind of mediocre what about stateroom attendant stuff like that that was all, all included with the prepaid same thing $12 per night Per person is kind of typical across across the board right now, and that was what our prepaids were as well. And the butler handles everything. Mm -hmm. And when I say everything, I mean your laundry, your room service, your dining reservations, your shore excursions. You know, there are no buttons on your phone for you know room service or this or that. You call your butler, and you know you want to eat in your stateroom. You want to eat from one of the signature restaurants in your stateroom. Bring it in. And he brings you a menu, you order, and it's quite fabulous. I have to be honest. It was. And the butler does serve a number of staterooms. I've heard some for some people say he's just like standing around waiting for you to need him. No, no, he services maybe you know anywhere from you know five to ten different staterooms uh, or suites. So you know he's not just standing at the door waiting for you to ring a bell. Right. Yeah. I wanted to call my Mr. Belvedere, but I didn't. No, I, I called mine. Uh, from uh, Downton Abbey, uh, uh, Mr. Bates, oh, yeah. <laughs> his lordship's valet. Yeah, but Pete's butler was way better than ours. He had his own private movie collection that he let oh, yeah. Pete borrow from. Oh, yeah. You, yeah, that's what, that was the look on our face when he first offered it. Kind of movies. Yeah, that's, that's what, what I said. That's what we said. Um, it's all butler stuff. <laughs> <laughs> all butler-related butler movies. porn. <laughs> I wasn't going to go there. You had to go there, right? <laughs> oh, God. Okay. Um... So, I mean, overall, though, um, I found the crew on the ship to be very good. Like I said, there was that. It was different. It was, it was kind of like, to me, it was kind of like if you go to Friday's for dinner, you know, the way you're like, in the dining room. Much, very casual. It was very casual. Like, they were very friendly with you. They were very, you know, kind of joking and things. Just things that you don't typically see on a cruise line. And so it wasn't bad. It was just different. Yeah, there was an edge to some of them. There yeah, was definitely yeah. an edge to some of them. But um, the only one that we came across that was rude was Happy Fun Guy in uh, the, Cadillac, <laughs> oh my God. the Cadillac Diner. Um, this most, you know, it, it's really sad to watch Hope die. Um, <laughs> this guy apparently just gave up on life years ago, and it's just going through the motions. The most miserable human being I've ever seen. Just, you know, we go in, to, we go in to sit down. How many? Three. Grabs the menus. Throws him down on the table, walks away. Like, okay, wow, 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 wow. It all ended a few years ago, didn't it? Um, but that was the only one. You named him Happy Fun Guy. Uh, he was Happy Fun Guy, yeah. Um, uh, officer Happy Fun Guy, because he was like, yeah, because he was in dress whites. Yeah, he was in dress whites. He had like two bars on his. Yeah. Like, okay, wow, okay. He but, used to have four. <laughs> <laughs> um. But all those things, all, all those things being said, um, the you look at the price of this cruise, and you know you can say, "Wow, okay, this is a little expensive." Um, but then think about flying to all these islands, staying in a hotel, having to pack up and unpack, the cost of the flight, the cost of the hotel, the transfers from the airport, 
the renting of the cars, mm-hmm. all of that stuff, this is a discount. <laughs> this is right. a this is bargain. This your hotel and your transportation. That's right. And I think if you go into it thinking that, this is not a typical cruise. If you've cruised before, you're going to see differences. If you've never cruised before and this is your first cruise, it's not going to be indicative to what the, your future cruises are going to be. But well, if this is your is hotel the- and your transportation... That's exactly what it is, and it does it. It does those two things well. But the, you know, when you take another cruise, the ship is off in the destination. Right. Or That's exactly right. Part of the destination. Right. This I this, this I not. think is more just. Yeah. Hawaii is the destination. Right. Hawaii is the purpose of the cruise. Hawaii is the destination of the cruise. These islands are the star, not the ship. All right. Do we have a cruise video ready? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Why don't we show this video <laughs> of the cruise ship? Yeah. yeah. yeah sure. Surprise that you asked. <laughs> sure. All right.
to look at uh, Norwegian Cruise Line's Pride of America. Um, ben, you had something you wanted to add about uh, dining. Is that what you said? Oh, no, I just wanted... I was just talking about the last... Oh, okay. Thing. They found up Ben fast. <laughs> it was good. Um, so, overall, I think out of... On a scale of 1 to 10, you know, I would give a 7.5 Pride of America, um, which, uh, you know, just because it's, you know, where I'm, I'm taking points off for just because. Um, <laughs> yeah, just because it's not a typical cruise experience. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, for sure. One thing to mention, too, it was a little bit different when checked in at port. So there were no porters. Nobody was coming. Nobody was taking your luggage. You had to drop that off yourself. Oh no, we got we we got a porter. We had to flag a guy down. We had to, we had to go hunting uh, down. Okay, because we a, there was a lineup of people just dropping their luggage off to this room, and so we <laughs> dropped our luggage off. Make sure you print your luggage tags at home before you go. But wow. yeah, there were no porters to be seen. We had to just drop them off. So it was a little yeah, bit different. It, and also, when you get off, there's no customs. <laughs> yeah, there's no customs no experience because yeah, you're in the U.S. Nice. Yeah, it was a weird port experience. Yeah, it was different for least. sure. We had that when we sailed into there. The um, the other thing is that when you're staying in the suites, uh, um, someone comes down. You know, you, there's a special area for you to check in, and someone comes down and escorts you onto the ship, and then you go up to the uh, Cagney's Steakhouse mm-hmm. where you can have lunch. And Cagney Steakhouse for sweet guests is open every day for breakfast. And lunch. And lunch. That's nice. Only um, sweet guests. Only sweet guests. So there is, they do a really good job. And that concierge level, I think they do an excellent yes. job. They're, they're definitely, I think, I think they do better than Royal Caribbean does. I think so, too. When we uh, talked about it, uh, you had mentioned some of the other perks of being in a suite, something about soft drinks and oh, yeah, alcohol. They, uh, it depends on the level of suite. Uh, Pete and I were in different suite levels. Um, so in his level of suite, there was some alcohol included. Um, and I think you guys were able to swap that out for different, like, soda or well, something put, else you did. Well, they put uh, beer. They, would, they, were, they, they put beer in instead of wine. Instead of wine. Uh, they, um, you from, had soda included and, and things like that. In, like in that. our level of suite, we did not. So the, we were in a penthouse suite, and I think yours was an I was owner, in, we were in, in an the own, owner's yeah, suite. I had an yeah. owner's suite. So they were, there were some differences. We kind of ended up in ours by accident. We were booked in a veranda category, and I was watching to see if the price would drop. Even though they won't drop the price for you, they'll give you an onboard credit. So I was watching our, our reservations just to see. And all of a sudden, the suite price dropped to this almost the same as what I paid for a balcony. So for $80, I was able to upgrade to that suite. So that's how I am. He was in the one percenter suite, apparently. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> He's in the true yeah. <laughs> I just wanted to mention one thing about the cruise ship before we move on to like the islands and the ports and stuff. It's I think it might be important to note kind of like the democrat the, the demographics of the ship. It's uh it's very family friendly cruise. Oh, yeah. But there was also a lot of young couples on board. It, it had but it wasn't like the booze cruise. It wasn't like party cruise. No, central. not at all. Uh, but it was a, a belly flop contest. No, it was a but no. it was younger families. I felt like it was a actually uh, yeah it was a great uh, a great clientele mm-hmm. right um nobody you know it wasn't trashy it wasn't crazy it wasn't you know the ship o- was empty by 10 o'clock it wasn't old um it was just you know kind of a nice cross-section it, like you said you had young couples you had families people in the 40s and 50s you know a few older passengers um it was uh 
it, I think it, it was a really awesome. good cross section. What, sure. what, how about like, uh, kids Ben's age, young people Ben's age? The problem with Ben's age now, Ben's at a really hard age right. for cruising. Anyway, he's at eighteen, so he's at the kids' clubs have ended, the teen clubs have ended for him. He's not old enough for you know he's not 21 so he's right. not drinking or he's not in that crowd so he's at that you know the 18 to 21 year olds yeah, are kind of awkward in awkward years, years yeah. when it comes to cruising they did have some events though go ahead uh, mind you there was uh each day there was like eight, 18 plus meetups or not i don't want to say 18 plus but like, <laughs> actually 18 to 21 or 18 yeah, to, yeah. like eight, people like places where if you're 18 to 21 you could meet up you know find people uh your age that you just hang out with for the cruise. And how many kids, or how, I keep saying kids, but how many people that age were? I actually in- did not attend. We're going to be talking about butler porn for a while, aren't we? Um, uh, while the thing was muted, we were going all, yeah, making we were, up our own titles. We were making up our own clubs. titles. Um, but, uh, all right, now as I said, this, the star of the show uh, with this cruise is by far the Hawaiian Islands and the ports. And uh, this, uh, this itinerary takes you to Maui, uh, to Hilo on the Big Island, Kona also on the Big Island, and then to Kauai, where you overnight in Maui and you overnight in, excuse me, Kauai. Um, you overnight there. Um, and before we have too much of a discussion about that, let's show a little uh, video of our trip around okay. the islands.
music. Oh, God. Oh. That low. I know. <laughs> I know. Just, it kind of brings it all Let's back. Let's go back. Let's go back now. I don't think we got enough information. We should go back. We have to go do this again. Um, all right. So as I said, the uh, your, your, your first morning of the cruise, you wake up 8 a.m. You are in port in Maui. And you are in Maui until 6 p.m. the next the next night. And that was a first for me. I've never overnighted in port like that before. And what struck me first and foremost with it was how it affects how you like approach going around these islands. You're not looking at your watch saying, what time do I have to be back on the ship? Don't let the boat leave. Right, yeah. exactly. I mean, because you're always worried about that when you're, when you're in port. You've got to be mindful of what the all-aboard time, all time is um, because if, you know, they're going to leave without you. Um, so when you're kind of going around and you don't have to worry about that um, and the ship remains open for people to come and go. So, you know, the second day we were in Maui, the second morning, was uh, an excursion that we had booked um, that met on the port, on the pier, at 3 a.m. And as we're coming off to get ready to go on this excursion, other people are just coming back on for partying. They were out hanging out. What were you doing at 3 a.m.? This was a trip to the vol- uh, a dormant volcano called Haleakala um, to watch the sunrise. So we get out, we get on at 3 a.m. This was the only excursion that we booked through the ship. Mm-hmm. Um, everything else, we just kind of rented a car and went on our own. But for this, we wanted to book the excursion. This is an eight-passenger luxury van that takes you, it's about an hour and a half, I think. About an hour and a half. To go to the... Up a harrowing mountain in yeah, the dark. Up to the summit of uh, uh, Haleakala, which is at 10,000 feet, and from there you watch the sunrise. Um, and in the video that we just showed, uh, you saw a time lapse that Dustin had filmed of that sunrise, and it, it's one of the things that you will never forget seeing it. Once you've done it, it's something that will stay with you for the rest of your life. It is nothing like it. I just have no point of reference to describe how beautiful this was. Now, um, the tour company that Norwegian uses for this is called Temptation Tours. And they really did a very good job. I have to say, they did a very Mm -hmm. good job. Our driver was uh, colorful. He was colorful. He was... Um, And he... uh, little chatty <laughs> little chatty and that's not necessarily a good thing at three o'clock in the morning especially when he starts espousing some of his politics he said something which were about ex- o- he said something about obama he's sitting behind me well because okay first of all i'm paying two hundred dollars a person for this and i don't expect i know not everybody agrees with my politics and that's fine but at three thirty in the morning if you're going to start spouting that nonsense um I'm sitting in the back of this thing, and I start screaming up at the front. <laughs> I start screaming back at him. Chris is sitting beside the driver. I'm behind, and I'm thinking, oh, I think this is going to change. Well, the thing is, I, I do agree with what you're saying, is yeah, that, that was you not, are paying this person. I don't need to service. hear your I don't want to hear your politics. Yeah. I mean, that's, you know, and if you're gonna completely, su- but it was kind of the tone for the day, though. Um, he didn't, I didn't even want to hear him if you agree with me. Shut he, up. Exactly. Right. That's, he, doesn't know ba- he didn't know boundaries. Yeah, this guy he, did not, he did not know boundaries. not great with the boundaries. We're pretty sure that we we pretty well figured he was on the spectrum for sure like he he didn't know boundaries he didn't have he didn't know when not he had no filter but not you could tell early on that there were some other issues going on so we kind of we were probably a little bit more slack 
than we yeah. would have been otherwise. But and but I mean, he he was very knowledgeable and yes. he, a lot and of he great was super information. Friendly. Um, although you know, three o'clock in the morning, you're driving an hour and a half. You know, you're thinking, okay, maybe I'll just catch a, a few more mm-hmm. m- minutes of sleep. Oh no, he didn't right. shut the hell up. He right. narrated the entire day. It was yeah. stream of consciousness. Everything he looked at. Yeah. And it, and I just wanted to throw a brick. And you up could at tell it was planned. Like at one point, we got to a certain point on the road on the way back, and he turned on, he turned on um, the what is it the, oh, over the rainbows? Over the rainbow. um, yeah. The Hawaiian. And you could just rainbow. tell that this was the point in the tour where he always did that. Always did that. And then partway through, one of the other ladies with us asked a question about something that <laughs> he was got growing. a little bitter. And he said, he answered her, but then he said, well, we were listening to that song. <laughs> <laughs> and that was the end for us. Yeah. I was like, oh my God. I couldn't hold it in anymore. I'm cracking up in the back of the van. I can't. It was just this kind of stuff all day. No, it was. It was <clears throat> so you go up to the, you go up to this 10,000 foot summit. And he get you know, and he knows exactly where to put you because mm-hmm. it gets real crowded. And he gets up there before everybody else. So you, we had these great spots um, to watch the sunrise. And then uh, afterwards, we get back in the van. He's got hot chocolate and coffee in the back of the van for everybody, which I thought was a really nice touch. And it was actually decent coffee. Um, and then you go down to a breakfast. And I don't remember the name of the Kula Lodge. The Kula Lodge. And it was a very, very good really breakfast. Good. But there is something I do want to warn people if you do this. There are stores there, and they're wonderful stores. They have a lot of great stuff. They are a complete ripoff, as I, as I found out. I bought some items that were, they were charging $50 and $60 for, and when I went and looked for the company online, I, okay, I'm embarrassed to say it. I spent $55 on a jar of peanut butter, okay? <gasps> telling us to try this peanut butter. It was amazing. And he it was, was like, this, this is amazing peanut butter. And, and Chris is looking at me, you are not spending $55 <laughs> it for was coconut. It was coconut peanut butter. And it was a delicious. And like, okay, and I'm a peanut butter freak. I eat peanut butter all the time. I love peanut butter. So $55, I'm like, all right. But I, I actually didn't realize it was $55 until after I bought it. We bought peanut butter in on the north shore of Oahu, coconut peanut butter. Valerie Alves bought coconut peanut butter. Yeah, you know, it's it's sold on the islands. I don't think she paid fifty. No, because if you go to the company's website, it's twenty five. Um, so even that's ridiculous. No, unless it's, it's the Costco size of peanut. I'm sorry, the Costco size of peanut butter. No, you better no, not be whatever. Irrespective of whether it's worth it or not, the the point is that it was a tourist stuff, trap. It was a complete tourist trap, and I'm pretty sure he was getting a kickback because he was very insistent. We went in there. Um, That's, I'll be honest with you, that was true of pretty much every that place is typical we stopped of just to get a driver time. and stuff. They have these places where they yep. stop, where they're friends with them, and they get some kind of kickback. I think if you know that in advance, you're informed. Yeah, exactly. But the, the whole experience, the whole trip, that whole excursion was excellent, mm-hmm. and I would absolutely do it again. It was. Um, be aware of um, uh, elevation sickness. Yeah, that's one of the um, things. One of the ladies with us um, got sick. Um, but just because you're driving, you're so high up and it's in the dark. And you're also and driving a, a very curvy road. So right. what happens is people will eat before they get off the ship. 
and then they're sick. They yeah. get sick. So yeah. don't eat before you yeah. do this. Yeah, there was a combination of elevation and like motion sickness. Yeah, I think. and uh, we we rent a car everywhere. Like, that's what we like to do. But in this case, we decided not to, just because that drive we had heard about it and it, it was still dark. I'm really glad we didn't try to do it on our own. Right. Like I'm glad we went with the excursion. Um, but watch for that for sure. But just a couple things. We had decided ahead that uh, we talked to Ben about it, and he wasn't going to join us because a combination of being up that early in the morning and then the drive and then half and we still had to stand for probably a good hour or yeah. more waiting for the sunrise to happen so there was like no, in a spot no where there was, people, there was no feasible no, no. way I could no. do you were standing like There's no shoulders no, there were no <laughs> shoulder there, to I shoulder Kevin's, I think Kevin's microphone is either off or down very low because when he's talking I'm not I'm not really hearing him but there was um, like we there was we were there was people all around us. There, it just would not have been a good environment for Ben. It would not be a so, good environment for Kevin. Quick either. question: Were there restrooms? Yes, there was. Okay. Uh, re- yes, there were there restrooms. restrooms at the top of the crater. and a little gift shop. A little gift shop was up there. It's a national park, as yep. is most everything that you will hit mm-hmm. uh, in places like this. They're all U.S. national parks, um, which is a good thing because it means they're either free or there's a very small admission charge to get up there. You can drive up to Haleakala on your own. Um, and have this experience, and it's free of charge. There's no uh, admission to get up uh, top of the mountain. Um, But this was absolutely a highlight, and that's kind of what I'm going to focus on with these islands, I think, because of the time. Mm -hmm. Um, Just kind of bounce around and talk about highlights. Um, Overnight on Maui, awesome. Haleakala, got to do it. Um, I wanted to mention the fish tacos. Uh, on Maui, uh, in the Whalers Village. That restaurant oh, yeah. to at lunch. Um, Layla's, Layla's on the beach or Leilana? Yeah, we went. Leilani's. It was in the Whalers Village. Leilani's mm. on we the went, beach. We drove there the first day. It was really good. Best fish tacos I've had. It was very, very good food, and it was on the beach in Maui. And the Whalers Village, it's a little shopping area. It was really nice. Mm-hmm. We've been there, yeah. It's really cool. some, some cute little places and some, you know, it's a coach store. Louis Vuitton. Mm-hmm. And the Wood Store. What's that called? Louis Vuitton. Oh, and that was, oh, it's on my, I can't think of the name of it. What was the name of the Wood Store? Michael and somebody? Or? No, yeah, I, I can't yeah, remember the name. I don't know. But yeah. got this beautiful Koa Wood uh, case for my iPad. It was gorgeous. So um, moving over to our next port the next day was over on the Big Island, um, which is the island of Hawaii, and it was the port of Hilo. And... Uh, we, we, we started off going to, it was Volcanoes National Mountain? or Volcano National, National Park. Park, yep. Um, and it was kind of rainy and drizzly. And it wasn't a great day to be in Hilo. Hilo's often rainy. So if, when you're going to Hilo, it's, just, it's in a rainy part of the island. It's raining almost all the time. We had gone in February. We flew over just for the day, and we had hired a private tour guide. So we were just kind of replicating the things that we had done with that private tour guide as we were playing tour guide with Pete and Dustin. <laughs> and, you know, okay... You know, oh look, the crater. Um, it's rain. You know, <laughs> it's nature. It's raining. I'm. I've now lost interest. So Tracy and and Chris are. We're gonna go do the lava tube. Is there lava still in it? I mean, what happens <laughs> I here? I think a lava slime. tube is cool. <laughs> and so they had done it in February when they were there. And so I'm like, okay. So we go to the lava tube. We and did have stinking, to hike through the rainforest first. We, we to get had to a, the yeah, there was like an uphill. It was uphill both ways. <laughs> oh, um, we, we had a hike to the uh, 
closer parking lot, and then we had to hike to the. <laughs> yeah, really. <laughs> we parked at the. We had to hike to a better parking lot than the one we had parked in, and then hike to the lava tube. Oh, okay. look, there's parking right outside the lava tube. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and exactly so, what happened? And it's raining. <laughs> And so, you know, I'm, you know, like, oh, Lord in heaven, I'm trying to be polite because they're so, you know, these two were so excited about doing it. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, don't be a diva. And so we get to the lava tube and it, it's a friggin' tunnel. <laughs> it's a tunnel. It was made from tunnel. lava. That's kind of cool. Yeah. But the lava ain't there anymore. It if I was seeing well lava themed. flowing through it, that would be kind of cool. Did you say but, it wasn't well themed? <laughs> no, it was, Tom Sawyer's eyeliner is better. <laughs> The queue wasn't very well themed. And, you know, it's raining, so there's lots of puddles, and it's, like, leaking. Uh, and <laughs> I really wanted to call some of those puddles. I'm pretty sure there's some lakes down there <laughs> that you had to walk through to get out. They were. It was awful. They were, it was awful. And Chris wasn't with us. He went back to get the car to bring Smart it to the closest. And he was smiling. No, what really happened was Chris is like, I'm not doing this crap again. <laughs> and he bolted. That's what happened. He was a smart man. And, Do you, you have know, pictures of the lava tube? Uh, unfortunately, no. They were in the video. Though. They were in the video, but uh, my pictures didn't come out too well. Um, the uh, so yeah. And Ben uh, was angry. He didn't take any pictures. Ben was I, so I angry just kind of rushed out. Um, I'm not happy to admit it, but like I was pretty close to kind of a, a meltdown. Was it I guess. claustrophobic in there? It was. It was closed in. It was wet. Um, a lot of the time, I actually had to like we. You had to walk through. Uh, like, hey, but that's not an autism thing because I was ready to melt down in there too. So um, I was very proud of you both. Neither one of you melted down. All I knew, all because what you kept telling me is we were going to Big Island Candy Company, and that there was a coffee place that we could stop. And I'm like, okay, I, apparently the lava tube is the price I have to pay for coffee and candy. I have a picture of that scene in Little Shop of Horrors where you're just going to pee candy bar, candy bar. <laughs> um. So Sorry, from that for me. from uh, from the I'm not going on the lava tube. I just want you to know from the lava tube we went to uh, the Hilo Coffee Mill, um, which is not a coffee farm or a plantation. This is actually a roaster. So they get their beans from other places. They roast it and they they brand it. And actually, the coffee was quite good. I uh, the coffee that I had there, I wasn't impressed with, but when I I bought a few pounds of it, brought it home. When I did it in my grinder and made it the way I like it, it was very, very good. And very reasonably priced in comparison to a lot of the other coffees that you'll find in in Hawaii. Um, but, you know, so we're hanging out and they have like, you know, you can get like little uh, wraps and sandwiches and things like that. And then Dustin and I decided to go have a cigarette. And to have a cigarette, because to Hawaii, you have to walk 35 miles away from the nearest door. Um, so we have to like walk down this path through a field, down by a farm, and there are chickens everywhere. Chickens, and these chickens apparently were very interested in us. And as we're standing there having a cigarette, these things are getting closer and close. And look, you know, look, I, I know they thought I was going to feed them. I wasn't. I was going to feed on them, but I wasn't going to feed them. And I, I was just like, okay. Nature is attacking me again, and I don't want to be close to this. This is uncomfortable because they were just like coming like really close, and I'm like, what is? And there was a lot of them, and so I started filming on my iPhone, um, and I refer to these as the killer chickens of Hilo. And as we, I'm like, I said to Dustin, okay, let's put our cigarettes out and get out of here because this is really getting awkward. 
And as we are walking up the path, these things start chasing us. These things start literally running up the path after us. I'm you like, had a tippy headron moment? It was. It was. And, like, you see them coming over the hill at us. I, I posted it on Facebook. It's on the Disunplugged Facebook page. And I was just like, this is bizarre. I'm like, okay. Okay, what? Uh, and at this me, point, I'm convinced. I'm just, I'm just fired now. Get I'm me just, out of Hilo. I'm not working. Get me out of Hilo. But... From there, she redeemed herself. She redeemed herself with our stop at the Big Island Candy Company. Oh, my Lord. Um, somebody hand me a box of something. There we go. We've been eating um, these all afternoon. These are the milk chocolate macadamia nuts. Um, there are also, uh, this is a dark chocolate macadamia nut. Um then there are the Don't brilliant chocolate-covered red velvet brownies. Don't open the box. <laughs> this is what's left <laughs> of the brownies. They are empty. Um, and, I mean, they had everything. And stuff is really, really, really good. And it's this bit. They literally bus people into this place. There were buses, busloads of tourists. And I bought uh, everything. <laughs> I bought everything. Like everything. One of everything. And, oh no, two. Or some at least. two. And which uh, one of these boxes was fifty five dollars? None. Of, no, I, I was to tell you. I thought everything was very reasonably priced. It's direct from the manufacturer. I They're bought right there. I bought a bunch of stuff, and I only spent about three hundred bucks. Because um, I brought a lot back as gifts, um, gave to people, kept some, ate some. Um, but the highlight of Hilo for me was the Big Island Candy Company. Mm-hmm. Now, did we go into some five-and-dime store Hilo Hatties or something like that? We did Hilo go to Hilo Hatties there, didn't well, that's we? that's famous. So that's all yeah, Hilo yeah. yeah, you got some coffee there, didn't I you? I got some coffee there. The, yeah. um, the stuff that's uh, rivaling Kona right now, mm-hmm. I don't know how it's pronounced. It's spelled K-A apostrophe U. Ka-U, Ka-U, something. Ka- <laughs> yeah, that's how it's pronounced. <laughs> And apparently like this is like, they were selling it there, and it's actually delicious coffee. It's really, really, really good coffee. But from Hilo, we headed over to the other side of the big island, Kona, which was, this was the bucket list one for me. Uh, being a big coffee guy, coffee drinker, um, I one of my bucket list items was going to visit a Kona farm. And uh, I happened to cross a small, privately owned Kona farm in the place where people go to die on Kona. <laughs> um, and it was... Uh, okay, for, it was an awesome experience. It really was. It was a, it was, it was a wonderful experience. Was, but, it a wonderful exper- was it a wonderful experience for you, Ben? Yeah, it was until um, the next right. few days. Uh, bring either long sleeve sh- uh, shirts and pants or bug spray. Or, well, she uh, gave us bug spray, but you chose yeah. not to apply it okay. thoroughly. All right. You almost went uh, anaphylactic. So, put the bug spray on. But before we get to the bug spray, um, this is a privately owned uh, farm. It's a couple uh, who've been doing it for about 30 years. They're from California. This is an organic farm. Um, and, uh, you know, the, okay, this is cool. We rented, uh, we, had a, we hired a car and driver. And what was our driver's name again? Do you remember? I have no clue, but I think he was awesome. He was awesome, and he was also about 400 pounds. He was this big Hawaiian guy. And he had to call this woman to get directions, and apparently she was a little rude with him on the phone. 
And he hung up the phone, looked at me, he goes, she's crazy. Are you sure you know where you're going? <laughs> and he was so concerned about it when we got there because it's like, it's these people's house, basically. And he was so concerned about it, he's like, I'm coming in with you. <laughs> because we weren't sure this was either going to be absolutely brilliant or we were going to end up as Soylent Green. <laughs> it was not going to be anywhere in between. And it ended up being amazing. Chicken feed. Uh, her name was Una Greenaway, and she took us around her farm, and she showed us how everything, she, you know, the Kona, the Kona plants or whatever they were that these beans grow on, bushes, trees, um, had been there for over 100 years. Um, and everything she makes is all what is picked on her farm, that's considered estate coffee. If it's all coming from the same farm, it's estate coffee. And they they roast it and grind it themselves. Uh, they produce about 2,000 pounds a year uh, of actual finished product. That's from 12,000 pounds of beans. Um, and they also do a lot of fruit and macadamia nuts and things like that. And she kind of shows you and gives you samples as you're going around. Oh, I was gonna, Yeah, I was going to mention the samples. Like, she would... She'd be like, oh, hey, that's pretty ripe. Brings it down, peels it, then gives us some. And it was absolutely fantastic to be able to, to taste, not only like see where she's growing them, but to actually like taste these fruits. Right. And before the tour starts, she tells everybody, you know, put on, here's some bug spray. You need to put it on. The mosquitoes are going to get you. So we all put it on, some better than others. <laughs> and um, He was bit from his ankles partway up his leg, so he decided he was too tired, lazy, unaware, I don't know, to bend down that far. <laughs> so it stopped, like, mid-cab. And, and he, he was, was eaten alive. These aren't normal mosquitoes. They, I mean, they we're feed talking. them steroids or something. Like I don't Jurassic, know. Jurassic mosquitoes. <laughs> it's organic. You should have saw the bites on them. Oh, it was, yeah, it, it was, was bad. Like, there was a point where I kind of thought, and he had sent pictures home to his dad and his stepmom of the bites so I've got them messaging me saying I think he needs to see a doctor or something um, <laughs> no he was just with Uncle Pete <laughs> well I'm not slathering him up with uh, insecticide um, after the tour after the tour is over after the tour is over she invites us into her house onto her lanai with this amazing view uh, and serves us coffee and samples of the chocolates and the jams. And, of course, you can buy the stuff there, which we did. Um, $35 a pound for the Kona, which for this grade of Kona and estate Kona at that, uh, in the States you're going to pay 50 to $60 a pound for it. So you, you definitely are getting it at a better price. Um, and she does sell it online. We'll have a link to it in the show notes page. We have links to everything that we're talking about. Uh, in the show notes page. This is going to be the longest show notes page we've ever had. It's also the longest segment we've ever done yeah. now. Um, but uh, it was just too much to, it's, yeah, yeah. And we couldn't, you know. You couldn't condense it. We're already condense condensing it. it. Yeah, the, we're, we're skipping through things. <laughs> um, so for me, that was like, like I said, that was that bucket list moment, being able to go do this Kona farm. Um, and what a lot of people do, because Hilo is on one side of the Big Island, Kona is on the other people will you have to let the ship know you're doing this but people will like just get off in Hilo and say we'll meet you back in Kona and they they bike across the island or they you know stay somewhere overnight you need to let the ship know you're doing that because <laughs> um, there's things you have to sign and things you have to do yeah. if you just decide to do that on your own you're in trouble but you could have overnighted like that there as well if you had chosen to but from there we go to Kauai and um, the least populated of the Hawaiian Islands, from what I was told. And what was the name of the town? 
Kappa A. Kappa A. This, and this is the other thing, is because these are not common cruise ports. They're not common cruise ports. So it's not liquor store, jewelry store, t-shirt shop. These are, I mean, they're touristy, but there's lots of different things. They're also usually not walking distance from the ship. <clears throat> exactly. Exactly. Kapa'a was not. But it was this great little downtown area, very kind of secluded and a little run down, mm-hmm. little little weathered. But some amazing stores. And that's where we found the supermarket that was named for me. It was called E-Fat. E-Fat Marketplace. The E-Fat Marketplace. <laughs> this is also where I found the peanut butter, the coconut peanut butter there. It was $35. Um, so that's when I started thinking. Hmm. Um, but we start, But that wasn't where we started. Where, where, where did we start in... Uh, well, we went to the. Uh, we took a drive on our way to the Waimea Canyon, is I believe how we started. Correct, Tracy? Yeah, that's right. And we just stopped at a couple overlooks along the way, um, but ended up at the top of the uh, Waimea Canyon, which is they call it the Grand Canyon of Hawaii or of of Hawaii. the South Pacific. South Pacific. Or, Pacific yeah. group. It's the Grand Canyon. Amazing, amazing oh, views. And what do we do after that? I guess I forgot. I, I don't have my notes. I. I think we, we went into Kapa'a after that. Is didn't that we? where we went to? Um, we went to oh, the ISO Needle. Wait, wait, is that no, where that we was saw Maui. Oh, okay. Um, I wanted to talk about the restaurant, too. Uh, on top of the mountain, where the Ma- well, Maya Canyon was. Oh, that's right. I forgot <laughs> about the restaurant. Go ahead. When we went uh, up to Waimea Canyon... Remember we stopped at that restaurant? Oh, with the chickens outside? Yeah. Yep. Okay. Yep. The lodge thing. And uh, it, I get, it's not just a restaurant, it's a hotel as well, but we only ate at the restaurant. And um, I thought the funniest part of it was, oh, hey, can I get this drink? Yeah, it's over there. Yeah, <laughs> it's like, yeah, it was pretty much getting Can I yourself. have a coffee? Yeah, it's over there. <laughs> yeah. It was like if you had a waiter at a 7-Eleven. <laughs> yeah, yeah, effectively. Um, and yeah, that was an experience. Yeah. That was an experience. And I think after that, we just drove down and around to go to the other side, and that's when we happened upon this little town as we were. Yeah, and I, I think I found the best souvenirs of the trip, of mm-hmm. me, uh, in Kapa'a. Um, I yeah. mean, just there's this little hidden gallery uh, in the back that had just all this handmade stuff. Like I got these little lamps, these little night lamps, and there I got them on the the bar inside, made out of coconut. And all handcrafted, beautiful, absolutely beautiful, um, and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And that was one of the things I loved about sailing the islands in Hawaii was that you could easily find really unique gifts and souvenirs. Not, yeah, I mean, certainly there's the mass-produced stuff, but you can spot it a mile away. There was stuff that you just didn't find or see anywhere else. Mm-hmm. Um, and... Really enjoyed again overnighting in Kauai, so you're not Kauai, so you're not you don't feel that pressure to get back on the ship. You're able to stop and have dinner. We didn't get back to the ship till like seven o'clock, yeah, something like seven or eight o'clock that night, yeah. And then the next day, we just kind of hung out on the Mm -hmm. ship, I think, yeah. But uh, we we uh disembarked around five o'clock, um, and I saw what I you saw it in the video that we just played. Uh, at the very end, uh, the Nepali cliffs, uh, the Nepali coastline. Um, I liken it to sailing the Inside Passage to Alaska, yeah. that same yeah. kind of epic, epic beauty. And 
the captain gets the ship very close to these to these cliffs, these mountains. And because at one point I'm like, okay, when is he going to turn? Because he's like making a beeline right for the shore. <laughs> and I'm like, at some point <laughs> we're going to hit something we shouldn't hit. Um, start having like flashes of costume. Cost- <laughs> um, and he took his sweet time going past these. It was an hour of going down past these, watching as the sun starts to set, the lights hitting it at different angles. So these mountains, the colors are changing. The features are changing. Um, absolutely breathtaking. Breathtaking. The great thing about this is that you can only see it by sea or by air. This isn't somewhere where you could drive to. But you also, um, uh, you could see as we were sailing, there were small ships, like small catamarans yep. and small sailboats that were rented out mm-hmm. or done for excursions where you could take. And they, they could get even closer. I would have loved mm-hmm. If I ever go back, I have to do that. I have to do that kind of excursion where you can just kind of go right down. Was that offered as an excursion from the ship? Uh, it wasn't because we were already sailing. No. So, um, I mean, maybe you could have done it earlier you in the day, it, but I'm not sure timing would have allowed. Well, you could have done it the day before. Right. You could have done it the um, day before, maybe. Yeah. But it was uh, absolutely phenomenal. And at that point, that was that's the last day of the cruise. The next morning, it was just the perfect ending. It I, was because I, I think we left port somewhere around two or three o'clock in the afternoon. And we made our way that way and just kind of had that sail. It was that inside passage idea. Mm-hmm. It was just the perfect end to a great cruise. And the next way. morning, you wake up in Honolulu. You're back in Honolulu. And uh, at that point is when we went back to we went back to Olani. Mm-hmm. But once once you're done sailing those islands and having that experience and spending that time, um, anything about the ship just kind of melts away. Right. Good and bad. It's right. it's it's you know it really is a mode of transportation and a very nice mode of transportation and comfortable and clean and well kept and well staffed, um, but it's a mode of transportation. And I think the problem that people have had is they expect the ship to be more of a destination and it's not. Um, Just before you finish, can I say a couple of things about the car rental that are unique here? Oh yeah, please. Um, we had decided ahead of time that we were going to rent a car. When we cruise, we very rarely do excursions. We like to get off, walk around, discover on our own. I'm not into the organized excursion thing. But here we had rented cars everywhere because I, had, in some research, had learned that basically you're coming into shipping yards. Yeah. So there really isn't anything around port where you're just going to walk to and see. Yeah. So we had booked cars for each of the islands that we were going to ahead of time. And then when we got there, we actually upgraded because then Pete and Dustin were joining us. But the shuttles will come right to the cruise terminals to pick you up. So the shuttle would come. They would take you. In every case, the car rental agency we went to was at the airport. But there was nothing longer than a 10 or 15-minute drive. So it's not far at all. Um, But before we get on that shuttle, they would say, do you have a reservation? Don't show up on these islands without a reservation because they're not even going to take you on the shuttle if you don't have a reservation. So, and when we would get there to get the car, um, in a lot of cases, we were trying to upgrade. In a lot of cases, there were no cars. In the one island, they actually said, well, I have a minivan, but it's booked today. But they probably won't be here till later. And your Emerald Club members, okay, you can have it. So they let us take it. But the car lots were quite empty. So it's very common in the islands to fly over for the day. Rental cars are very popular. So you don't want to go to these islands without an advanced reservation. But those, and also we went to get the car and then would come back for everybody there was a couple ports where that was very difficult to do they didn't want to let us back in because they're shipping yards so 
we actually, um, if you are going with your family, may want to just bring everybody with you when you go on the shuttle. A couple of quick questions. I know we're running really long. What was the ship like as far as like shows and entertainment? Was there any of that on there? We went to, we caught a couple of the shows. Um, think about, you know, the cheesy cruise line entertainment yeah. and bring it down a couple notches. <laughs> and that's what it was. They did bring a, just one sec, they did bring a guest on board. Um, I don't remember. I, I think he was a comedian, but he wasn't very funny. <laughs> he was supposed to be comedian. Yeah. Which one? I don't remember. Okay. Um, but in general, we, we try to pop in and just see there's there's not great great entertainment on board. We really found when there when the ship wasn't when you weren't in port, there wasn't a lot going on that kept our interest. And I pause. One more thing: when you were on that one day where you were in port and you did a day on the ship, was there anything to do, or did you just hang out? We ju- I just hung out because I but I don't do a lot of things on the ship. Right. I, you know, I'm happy restaurants to, open. Or, oh, yeah, restaurants, restaurants and stuff open. open, sure. The only thing is, like, you know how you get your daily planner? And, like, there was, like, trivia going on in different places. There was a great, where was the bar we went where they were playing darts? I don't remember the name of The saloon. Well, Wild West, saloon. yeah. We liked hanging out in there. You know, they could throw some darts, and there was, so, so there were certainly places to be. There weren't just a lot of organized activities. Gotcha. Right. I'm sorry, Ben, you were Oh, um, just back to the first question. that We did end up seeing, like, a magician. Oh, oh yeah. And, um, I mean... I don't. I don't like. Uh, I don't like bringing down people like that. You're Canadian, like this. but yeah, but um, he was actually really bad. Um, <laughs> and he did an escape routine in the upper deck pool. Did he actually escape? I I didn't watch it. I no, he's no, no, he didn't. <laughs> I mean, we were questioning it after the show if he was going to make it. So yeah. Bad. So I mean, the entertainment was, and what we I found though, the ship was dead in the evenings. Well, even when we it would was, sail yeah. away, because you're exhausted from. Well, that was just what it was, port. and yeah. you know, overnighting in Maui, there were some people who stayed in Maui overnight. Mm-hmm. There was people who decided to eat, you know, and enjoy a restaurant in Maui that night. So it was just a ask, very different feel. The reason why we ask is we are doing it. We took your advice, and we we're going to do it February 14th to the 21st. We we're going to go to Alani first. For a week, and then we're taking the February 14th cruise. And that's for John's 50th birthday. I was just going to say, this is an invitation if you'd like to join us. This is John's 50th birthday party. So um, we already have some folks sailing with us. There is nothing more. Really, it's your 50th birthday? It is. You haven't turned 50 already? (laughs) Damn. (laughs) She really is a poutine. She really is. So, you know, honestly, I could go on. I could go on and on about this trip. But uh, time is, you know, we, this is the longest we've ever gone, and I'm about to fall over and die. Um, this was an amazing, amazing uh, journey and experience um, on every level. Uh, it was it was incredible, whether it was our staying at Turtle Bay, uh, which is an amazing resort in its own right, um, that I could recommend wholeheartedly. Our experiences at Alani, our experiences on Norwegian uh, Norwegian's Pride of America, our experience, experiences in the islands. It was just an amazing, amazing trip. Um, we have a full blog going up. We've got photo galleries that will be going up on our Facebook page. We've got the videos we've been playing in this uh, that will be going up on YouTube all over the course of the next day. So uh, stay tuned for that. Links to everything we talked about today uh, in the show notes. If you're interested in checking out Alani or checking out Norwegian, just get in touch with Miss Tracy over here. If you want to go on John's birthday cruise, let me know. Um, we're going to have a special forum put up 
so you can get a quote from Tracy so you don't have to just email her. We'll have that in the show notes page as well, how to get to that quote. Exactly. So, all right, that is going to do it for this marathon episode of the Diz Unplugged. We hope you enjoyed right? This is really it. We're not going someplace else and coming back. (laughs) We're done. That's going to do it for this episode. We hope you enjoyed it. We'll be back with you again next week with another edition of the Diz Unplugged. Thanks for being with us, everyone. And remember, stay out of the damn lakes.